The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Hello, and welcome to Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and I'm back with my co-host, Dwayne. What's going on, Dwayne? Nothing much. It's about to be the best time of year, which is fall, which means we got football in full swing. We got baseball going to the playoffs. Hockey preseason just started. NBA soon to follow, so... It's about to be a good time. Yeah, the confluence of sports where everything is up and running at one time for that brief, like, two-week period in uh, October. It should be a lot of fun. That's month of the year. And it's birthday time. Uh, coming into uh, the fall here. As today is officially the first day of fall as we are recording this late on uh, that Wednesday night. So... We had our little half of a uh, half of the league preview for the NFL, and then the season caught up with us. So we're kind of going to just go through what we've seen through the first two weeks. Kind of go through the standings here of yeah. all the divisions, and kind of break down what we see in each division so far. So we'll start in the NFC. Let's start in the NFC North because. Green Bay in week one was such a big topic. Aaron Rodgers, his worst game as a professional quarterback in the history of his career. But he bounced back. Good old Detroit Lions came into town, and uh, they were just a remedy that the Packers needed on Monday Night Football. Uh, Aaron Jones, four total touchdowns. Um, Aaron Rodgers had a big night, so they evened their record up at one and one. Chicago Bears lost to the Rams uh, opening night, Sunday night, Sunday night football. Uh, Andy Dalton, pretty much ineffective offense, not really doing much. Stafford looked great in his first game against the Rams. Uh, But Chicago loses Andy Dalton, but they win the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. So, uh, how about now? Seems to be better. Chicago bouncing back. Justin Fields has been named the starter after Andy Dalton uh, was injured, injured his knee in the game against Cincinnati. Uh, Detroit uh, rallied late against the 49ers in the opening game, but came up short. Then they got steamrolled by the Packers. And uh, Minnesota, man, uh, they're having some issues with special teams. Uh, They've lost uh, two games basically at the gun the first two weeks. Um, Cincinnati comeback came up short. And then uh, here against uh, Arizona, uh, their field goal kicker missed like a 38-yard field goal. So the NFC North... Uh, that's what they've got going on. I think a lot of people are going to be intrigued this week by Justin Fields getting that start uh, for Chicago and uh, maybe ushering in the Justin Fields starting this weekend. So, uh, some of your takeaways from the NFC North, sir? Uh, pretty uneventful. I mean, um, you know, the Packers made the 
New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston look like a juggernaut while the opposite side of the ball was, you know, frustration for uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, couldn't get anything going on that offensive side. Uh, I am going to be uh, keeping an eye on the, the Justin Fields, uh, uh, his first game as a starter to see how he pans out and if it'll be something going forward or if um, if and when Andy Dalton does come back. And it's really ironic that he gets hurt against his former team that he spent most of his career with. Um, so that's the uh, irony of that situation there. Um, unfortunate for Dalton, but good for Fields, you know, get a, another young... Um, Another young black quarterback in the fold, which is always good. Um, can't wait to see what he does in Cleveland against a very tough uh, Browns defense. Um, for the Lions, I I, I think they – it's kind of – the Lions are a real iffy to me in the sense – only in the sense of they – the 49ers game, they couldn't get anything going. Everything started to click, but, you know, when you're coming up with a furious comeback, it kind of happens a little too late. So that happened. And then Monday night, uh, it's the same old story at Lambeau. Can't find a way to get a win. Um, uh, Packers were just, um, they're very good on defense. You know, it's hard to allow 17 points to a team when the rules do favor the offense and a lot of points are generated. Um, but shout out to TJ Hawkinson for helping my fantasy team be 2-0. So that is a bright spot for me there. Um, but yeah, the, all Aaron Rodgers needed was a game against Detroit to uh, get back on track and then they got um Lamar Jackson and the Ravens coming to Motown on Sunday, so uh, they could be definitely staring 0-3 right in the face there. Um, the Vikings, uh, yeah, like I said, they've had issues on uh, special teams. Um, I mean, two losses by a combined total of four points, so um they can just find a way to solve those special teams issues and kind of not play on their heels in the final moments of the game, then they could probably get a win. Um, they could definitely need to take advantage of a Seahawks team that's kind of shell-shocked from their uh, loss to the Titans last week, and we'll talk about that in a few moments as well. NFC West got San Francisco 2-0 um, tough game against Philly kind of a rock fight defensive battle uh, the offense showed up in the first game uh, running attack and Debo Samuel did the Lions in Rams 2-0 wins over the Bears comeback win over uh, Indianapolis Stafford has played great in the two games that he has started for the Rams Cooper Cup has uh, reemerged as a serious threat uh, in the passing game. Another one of my fantasy players. 
Uh, Arizona Cardinals 2-0 uh, took it to Tennessee in the first week and then held on against Minnesota in week two at home Kyler Murray out here making ridiculous plays, highlight real plays the last two weeks and then like you said, Seattle had a game thoroughly in hand at home against Tennessee up by uh, 14 points uh, late in the fourth quarter and uh, ended up giving it all back, lost in overtime uh, Derrick Henry uh, was able to do them in uh, almost uh, 200 yards rushing and three touchdowns uh, for the big hoss, Derrick Henry. Uh, Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett, though, they have uh, hooked up uh, on some very deep passes here early in the season. Looks like Seattle is getting back to the formula they said they were going to try to get away from last year, which was letting Russ cook and throw a lot of passes. But uh, they've kind of reverted back into that uh, so far this season. So uh, they've got three teams at 2-0 and and one team at 1-1. and So clearly one of the better divisions in football right now is the uh, NFC West. Yeah, they've been probably, probably part of the better divisions for – the last uh, couple of years or so, and in reality, they should be. They should be eight. This should be a combined eight and zero. Uh, this division, and unfortunately, of course, it wasn't to be with Seattle losing in OT. But um, I think the best team, uh, the 49ers definitely shown um, coming back from that. Allowing Detroit back in the game, uh, I think they were kind of playing pre. They're kind of just um, let the foot off the gas because prior to that they were up forty-one fourteen in that game, and I think had they kept the intensity, that score would have been as uh, close as it should have been. Um, yeah, the dog fight with Philly. So I, I'm thinking the Forty ers have a really great defense. They, Kind of went back to the formula that got into the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, another team that's getting the formula back and looks like a quarterback change was uh, definitely welcomed and needed. Uh, when you're starting a guy named John Wolford in the playoff game, you kind of have your fate sealed. Uh, in terms of get Jared Goff, who, hey man, John Wolford was playing good football till he got hurt. He was. He was, um, but uh, at the same time, Jared Goff is still a <laughs> number one overall pick. That those things should not happen, but they did. Um, and but Matthew Stafford's got this offense uh, humming. Uh, Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They are probably the most underrated wide receiver duo in the NFL. Um, and. <sighs> They complement each other so well. Uh, you focus on one, the other gets open, vice versa. Um, I'm hoping that uh, for my fantasy team today, Cooper Cup keeps the role that the tear that he's on. Um, Arizona, Kyler Murray uh, doing fantastic things on the offensive side of the ball. Um, definitely the defense gave up a lot more points. Uh, this week than they did last week, but I still like um, I still love the fact that they the uh, Cardinals still have uh, three of the best receivers around, so um, definitely so many options. And then they got a 
course, you got Christian Kirk in that mix as well. So there's so many different weapons and options for Kyler Murray. And then James Conner in the backfield is a good addition as well. Uh, Seattle didn't expect it. I was watching that game uh, a little bit more closely uh, being here in Nashville and watching that game. I was really surprised to see how how quickly the Seahawks self-destructed. Derrick Henry had nothing going in that first half, but uh, he turned it around in the second half, and the defense started making, you know, they started getting the stops that they needed, and and uh, so yeah, great job by the Titans there, and, you know, it's a tough loss for the Seahawks, so they broke that uh, chance for the whole division to be a combined 8-0, but 7-1 ain't too bad either. Moving on to the NFC South, defending Super Bowl champions Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2-0. and um, Coming off the thrilling Thursday night, opening night, win against Dallas, field goal at the gun. Then uh, their defense stepped up in what was a close game against Atlanta. It was 28-25, but then two back-to-back pick sixes. Uh, by uh, the cornerback Edwards um, broke that game open. So Tampa Bay it looks like they are rounding into uh, you know form of you know which everybody is just gonna probably be shaking their head at some of the numbers Tom Brady's gonna be putting up uh, through two games. He's got nine touchdown passes. So uh, yeah, I think he's trying to average four touchdown passes a game for 17 games, and that would uh, set the mark of most touchdown passes in a season well beyond Peyton Manning's mark, and probably at a mark that nobody. Would be able to catch uh, except maybe Patrick Mahomes and he would have to have just a super duper season and play all the games uh, which more than likely isn't going to happen a lot of times in his career just because they're going to be so good that he's going to be able to rest at the end of the season Uh, my co-host Carolina Panthers Surprising to a lot of folks, 2-0. Uh, behind the strength of the defense, only 21 points allowed through two games. Uh, totally uh, put a whooping on Jameis Winston and the Saints this past week. Uh, Shout out to that Euro interception he did. Uh, who were dealing with a lot of uh, off-the-field stuff with a bunch of coaches catching COVID and still being displaced from the most recent hurricane that hit New Orleans. Uh, Carolina looks like they found a quarterback here. And Sam Darnold, I don't think a lot of people wanted to kind of give week one too much praise. They were playing the Jets with Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback. Um, But Sam Darnold looked very good. Then he followed that up with a very strong first half against the the Saints. Second half, um, the game was pretty much enhanced. I didn't ask him to do too much, even though we did see a glimpse of bad Sam Darnold where he was – just should have just ate the ball but tried to get it out of his hands and it ended up in an interception that could have got the Saints back in the game but they were inept all football game on offense so um, New Orleans uh, coming off week one where they just looked fantastic against the uh, the Rams the def- I mean excuse me the, the, Packers. the Packers the defense was definitely the story of that game as they just dominated uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers offense uh, week two against Carolina, not so much though. Like I said, they had a lot of people missing on defense due to injuries and COVID, plus coaches. And uh, Jameis Winston uh, went from silhouette, went from the bell of the ball back to, you know, regular old, old Jameis Winston. 
Yeah, just had a, a really bad game. So mixed emotions uh, for New Orleans right now when it comes to their quarterbacking situation. They don't know what they have. Is it week one or is it week two? So they're going to have to try to figure that out here soon. And Atlanta, they've played two spirited games, but come up short in the end on both both of those first week in Philly uh, second week here against Tampa Bay like I said they were really in the game uh, started the fourth quarter but uh, two turnovers for a touchdown uh, sealed their fate against Tampa Bay this past week um, more in-depth thoughts from Dwayne about the NFC South alright so the Buccaneers are probably I mean they're the reigning champs they have um, Tom Brady at the quarterback and shout out to I I, I really kind of hate the fact that I've actually have enjoyed the subway ad from Tom Brady along with the fact that he trolled the heck out the Falcons earlier in the week that um, 328 uh, the time of his video in the background he had 328 which was alluding to that 23 to 20 to 3 collapse of the Super Bowl 51 um, that Falcons fans will never live down um, so aside from that though on the field I mean the man's beasting even at uh, 40 I think it's 44 now um, but he's still He's still a monster, still doing great things. Like you said, nine touchdowns. Uh, the game between the Falcons and the Bucks, it was very close. Uh, but Matty Ice ended up melting. And then the offense kind of just did the uh, offense kind of just um, did the rest from there, took care of the ball. Um yeah, the that kind of segues into the Falcons. Uh, still trying to figure out life after Julio, life after uh, Dan Quinn. Uh, you know, kind of wondering uh, now that they have drafted, they drafted young. They got a young star receiver in Calvin Ridley. They got the tight end they wanted in Kyle Pitts. Uh, you know, one has a wonder. Uh, is the clock eventually going to start ticking on the Matt Ryan era in Atlanta? Um, but Owen uh, two definitely not surprising. I thought they would at least be one and one, but um, you know, just the way they have, just the way they have lost, um, it's kind of you know frustrating for the Falcons fans, but. I'm sure they'll probably start getting back on track eventually. Um, they do have the New York Giants. Uh, they do have a. They do play the New York Giants, and then uh, two weeks after that, I think they got the Jets in London. Looks like that's an 8:30 NFL game. I'm going to probably say Washington has a good chance to beat them uh, the week before that. So in between the New York teams, they got Washington. I think they. Beat the Falcons and the Jets. Uh, they lose to Washington, so they come out that stretch two and three. And then um, 
the Saints are like it uh, looks like they're going to be one of those Jekyll and Hyde teams, and it's going to be hinging on the play of Jameis Winston. Is he going to be? Are you going to get good Jameis, or are you going to get uh, bad Jameis? Um, Yolo Jameis is not good Jameis at all. Uh, Jameis. Winston, when he's poised in the pocket, when he's making good reads, he makes terrific throws. It's kind of like the in week one, he looked like the Jameis at Florida State that dominated the the scene of when Florida State was uh, one of the juggernauts of the NFL. Now, looking at week two, the um, Looking at week two, Jameis is that was the um, Tampa Bay era Jameis, uh, Yolo Jameis, where he the first interception before halftime was probably one of the more comedic interceptions that I've seen in a while. The band really was fading away and just threw the ball up in the air. Uh, even if you're trying to avoid a sack, you know. Either take the sack or try to throw the ball out of bounds. You were out of the pocket, and but there's just no time for him to really think that. So he just threw the ball up in the air. Justin Burris with the nice interception for Carolina. Uh, he had another one later on, and then uh, with Carolina, good two and no start. I mean, they definitely the defense has been. Hard hitting. They through two through two games. They have ten sacks total, hundred ninety yards allowed, uh, twenty one points allowed. They're really playing some great football. Uh, they play the Thursday night game uh, tomorrow in Houston against the Texans. Um, one of the things that I am hoping that I'll be looking for is to see if um, if the um, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they will be able to feast on um, the rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans, Davis Mills, um, with Tyrod Taylor out. I anticipated because I had a buddy of mine, my best friend. He did hit me up. He was wondering how what's gonna what it'll take from him stopping us from being three and zero. And I basically told him that uh, he's gonna need a lot of defensive help. Um, if the Panthers can take away Brandon Cooks, because that seemed to be the guy Mills locked in on in the rest of the game against the Browns when he played. And then um, they got to get a heavy dose of the running game, Mark Ingram, Phillip Lindsay. And that's going to be, if they can stop the running game and get a lot of pressure on Mills, uh, Carolina could be the first team to 3 0. They uh, take on the Texans Thursday night football. So, uh, going to get a spotlight game for Christian McCaffrey and the um, new look Carolina Panthers. Yeah, and I hate when the Panthers are on national TV because no matter who it is, anytime the Panthers get on TV, they always wet the bed. So. Now to my beloved <laughs> NFC East division. 
Uh, we have Washington one and one um, bounce back on Thursday night football this past week uh, with a gift from the New York Giants. It's not Christmas, but they definitely gave us a gift, so we'll take that. Yes, they did. Defense, much to be desired. Taylor Heineke stepping in for injured Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick may be done. Uh, they're saying six to eight weeks, but it's a hip and he's old, so it could be longer. So the Taylor Heineke is uh, era is once again here upon us. Uh, got the win over uh, the Giants. Played very well. Uh, bounced back from a late interception to lead the game-winning drive. So he's taking on Buffalo this week. So we'll see how he does there on the road. Uh, Philly. Uh, like we said, a tough loss to San Francisco, uh, a game that they dominated most of the first half but didn't have the points to show it, and it eventually caught up with them in the second half as San Francisco was able to pull that game out. Uh, Dallas, a uh, return to Dak Prescott, looked very good against Tampa Bay in the opener, uh, threw for over uh, 400 yards, uh, then came back. Didn't have the same game statistically, but managed the game very well. And uh, the Cowboys defense stepped up with timely turnovers to beat the Chargers. So they're one and one. And then the New York football Giants. They've played very well against Washington. They don't have the win to show for it, but they definitely outplayed Washington that night. And then... Uh, who did they play in their first game? I can't remember who the Giants played their first game. Um, they played in Denver's Denver. defense. Uh, show back up the return of um, Von Miller, Nick Chubb. They really harassed Daniel Jones. Teddy Bridgewater played out of his mind. And uh, they handed the Giants their first loss at home. And then they turned around and came down to D.C. and lost again. Uh, Daniel Jones still... Um, you know, work a work in progress. Um, when he doesn't turn the ball over, though, I think he can be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He just needs to, you know, work on ball security, valuing the ball, still trying to work in Saquon Barkley. He's not 100% confident in what his abilities are at the moment. And they're also trying to work in Darius Slayton as well. Um, Sterling Shepard seems to have, you know, improved his chemistry with Daniel Daniel Jones uh, over the past offseason and now Darius Slayton the new signee for the offseason they're trying to get him more acclimated uh, into the passing game so Dwayne uh, some of your thoughts on the NFC East Uh, yeah so the uh, yeah the um, Washington and looks uh, yeah Taylor Heineke looks like he will be the guy going forward. Um, a lot of people, and it's kind of a good thing for him to get that, get that chance. Uh, Ron Rivera pretty much not going with um, a familiar name in Cam Newton, who is out there available, but no reunion, no reunion in that area. Kind of good for a Washington. Kind of get that create that mojo with um, Taylor Heineke. I think he's done the games that he has played. He's played uh, He's played well. He's taking care of the ball. Um, they are getting their chances. Um, and they're, they're, they don't look, they don't look bad at all. Um, Philly, uh, and shout out to Terry McLaurin. He's on my fantasy team too. Um, and then um, Jalen Hurts, another fantasy player of mine. Um, 
he had a great game against Atlanta. Uh, he had an okay game against uh, San Francisco. Uh, definitely could have held the defense a lot more in that game by getting some, leaving the offense down the field, getting more points on the war, but just wasn't meant to be. Um, uh, Dallas, they I think they got a gift uh, from the refs in that Chargers game. Uh, that's definitely a game that may escape uh, from being 0-2. And, and then uh, New York, uh, like you said, they got a gift from the Giants. Uh, that slight drop in the end zone was very, very crucial because that really could have been a major difference in the score, but hey, the breaks went Washington's way in that game, and you take any win that you can get, so um, definitely no matter how great or bad or indifferent, the NFC East is always something to watch. Um, Eagles and Cowboys takes take the primetime stage on Monday night. Um, Washington, they are at Buffalo, like you said, and then the Giants, they they are hosting the Falcons. So, um, I think the Giants go zero and three. Um, I think. Dak and Jalen are going to have a nice little competition Monday night. But the Cowboys, I think they'll uh, win that uh, home opener. Is it their home opener? Yes, this is. Okay, yeah, they'll win their home opener. And and then uh, Washington, if, uh, if their defense can hold Josh Allen, uh, defense can hold Josh Allen, I think they do have a – Potential for an upset in Buffalo, but definitely going to uh, get a lot of defense, and Heineke is going to to take care of the ball. Antonio Gibson is going to hold on to the ball, and um, and Washington should be okay. Uh, Washington's had a lot of problems with their secondary and their linebackers uh, just not playing well. Uh, so their defense has definitely struggled. It's going to be a super, 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 super hard test against uh, White Cam Newton, a.k.a. Josh Allen, because if uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones roasted us up the way that he was running the ball, Kyle Allen is much better at running the ball. And he has, uh, you know, some certified weapons on the outside. Uh, two good running backs uh, in the backfield. So, yeah, this is going to be a really big test all the way around on offense and defense for my beloved football team. Uh, this is Know the Score. I'm your host, Don DeLorente. I'm joined by my co-host, Wayne. And we're going to move over to the AFC. We're gonna start before, we, yes. before we do, has there any been update on the name at all? Uh, they have their finalists, their final four or whatever. They know what they are internally. They just haven't released them out to the public yet for what they're going to um, eventually call the team. It looks like Red Wolves is going to be the uh, just a front runner from everything I've read and, and seen about the name. Because I I need a man where I don't see football team anymore. Actually, 
you know what? Football team is not a bad. If they went with that, I wouldn't be mad. Um, right. I just think that they for the R is such a it is something that they want to hold on to, and so I think that's why they're gonna go with the Red Wolves. Gotcha. Uh, NFC West. AFC. Oh, excuse me, AFC rest. The Raiders, Las Vegas version, are two and zero. Oh. Uh, big win against Baltimore Monday Night Football opening week at the Dust Star. Yeah, at the new stadium there, uh, out in Vegas. Um, hopefully, they have much better facility operations than they did for SummerSlam. It took place about a month before that uh, at that new stadium. <laughs> Uh, but the Raiders very impressive against Lamar Jackson and uh, and the and the Ravens in a game that was just wild as far as the ending of the game and turnovers deciding in the game, uh, allowing the uh, Derek Carr to hit a deep pass in overtime to win the game for a touchdown. Talk about busted coverage, man. <laughs> well, no, it really wasn't busted coverage. It was just Marlon Humphrey one on one against a guy who's too fast for him in uh, a down they thought they were going to run, uh, and then. Uh, uh, going up on the road, beat the Steelers uh, late in the fourth quarter. Uh, they had a third and medium, and they went for it all. And Henry Ruggs got up underneath it and beat two guys and hauled it in, and they held on to defeat the Steelers. So the Raiders under Derek Carr, John Gruden, Darren Waller, uh, Max Crosby, uh, Isaiah Simmons, and that defense, man, they are – not Isaiah Simmons. Um, God, what's the dude from Clemson? Um Oh, I can't think. He's a lineman. Um, he's at well, that's Max Crosby, and there's a guy on the other side. Yeah, I can't think of his name, but he was a second-year player last year. Um, but yeah, they they the Raiders look like they are for real. Um, unfortunate though, Josh Jacobs just can't seem to uh, get over this turf toe uh, that he got last year and crept up again uh, in the first game, and he missed this last week, so uh, he's dealing with some injuries. Uh, Denver, uh, Quentin Jefferson, that's yes, what you're talking. Jefferson, thank you. Denver behind the quarterback that uh, my co-host here. Uh, didn't want anymore because he was too much dink and dunk and didn't threaten anything. Teddy Bridgewater coming off two career passing days. The first one for most touchdowns in the game. The second one for throwing over 300 yards uh, in the second game here. Has Denver 2-0. Denver Unfortunately, going to miss Nick Chubb uh, as he's going to, or Bradley Chubb, excuse me, as he's going to be missing a couple of weeks now as he's going to have ankle surgery. Vaughn Miller is back. Young Patrick Sertain, the second, is helping the secondary. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looks to have finally brought some uh, professionalism to their quarterbacking situation with the young weapons, Cortland Sutland. Uh, Noah Fant, uh, Jerry Judy, the guys that they've got on the outside, some weapons. So Denver looking to be much improved this year. coming back uh, with Teddy Bridgewater on the center. The Kansas City Chiefs. Um, well, we saw what they did all year in the uh, in the playoffs again. They got down big to Cleveland and stormed back, rallied, won that opener game, opening game. And then, for the first time in Patrick Mahomes' career on Sunday Night Football, he lost to Lamar Jackson. Um, some turnovers late. Uh, by Baltimore, forced by Baltimore. They cashed them in. Touchdowns. They were able 
able to steal a victory over Kansas City on Sunday Night Football in the hot entertaining game. And the Chargers looked very good against Washington. Justin Herbert dissected the football team's defense. They went like 14 for 18 on third down, stayed on the field uh, and controlled the, the game and the ball against Washington. And then against Dallas, he uh, – he, he got pressured, and he made some bad decisions. He had uh, two turnovers, one in the red zone, which was a backbreaker. And, uh, yeah, so they weren't able to get the win in Dallas. But their defense seems to be, uh, you know, back healthy and looks to be one of the better uh, units at creating pressure. Uh, they did have a lot of pressure on Prescott in the game. So that's the AFC West with the Raiders and the Broncos on top. And uh, the only two teams in the AFC that are undefeated. Yes, Kansas City and the Chargers looking to bounce back after week two losses. Yeah, so uh, for yeah, the Raiders, I always say that for some reason the NFL is always better when the Raiders are a legitimate team. Uh, there's just certain sports where certain teams just give you that aura that the league as a whole, like even as much as I dislike them, it's like the Knicks for the NBA. Uh, I like last year I was just waiting for the Knicks to kind of like fold, but they never did. And and um, the I get that same feeling about the Raiders. Um, yeah, definitely like the start that they're off to. Uh, I also like the I love I, I'm a huge fan of their defense. Uh, they uh, Crosby Jefferson they get after it on every down. They put a lot of pressure on. Um, shout out to Carl Nassim because he was the one that got that fumble late um, in that Ravens game, and then then uh, they yeah the Raiders are doing some very good things right now. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, yes, I did not want him. I will still stick with that. Um, he's taking he's. It looks like he's got a playbook that works for him. I'll say that. Um, there, you know, he still does, you know, the short game is still there, but he is taking more shots downfield, uh, something that I wish he would have done in Carolina. But, hey, we got a quarterback that's doing that now. So, um, all's well that ends well for everybody. Um, defense is stout. Um, and so, yeah, the um, it'll be interesting to see how those two go go forward, um, since they are the only two unbeaten's that are left in the conference. Uh, Kansas City didn't expect that uh, Ravens comeback to happen the way it did, but uh, that's why you play the full sixty minutes. Um, they could have got a stop on fourth down, which really could have put him in good field position to win the game on Sunday night, but uh, Lamar was able to get that first down, secure that first win against the Chiefs and uh, Patrick Mahomes. And then L.A., uh, like I said, uh, the Cowboys got a gift there, uh, but Justin Herbert, you can't make bad plays in the red zone. That's uh, egregious sin. 
and and uh, do pay the price for that. So, uh, AFC West is going to be a very intriguing division, especially after all the teams won in week one. So, I was really kind of like wondering maybe they could repeat that performance or at least have a three or four win, but it was not meant to be. Only they went uh, four and four that overall. Uh, with the Raiders and Broncos winning, Chiefs charges losing. Now we're going over to the AFC South Division. Houston, surprisingly, one and one, uh, beat Jacksonville in the first matchup of the year. Uh, was going toe to toe with Cleveland in the second game until Tyrod Taylor on the touchdown run uh, injured his hamstring and had to leave the game. I think what Davis Mills is their um, backup quarterback. Yep. Yeah, Davis Mills, third round pick out of Stanford. I really uh, wanted Washington to draft him. He would have been good for Washington. I know. That's the reason why I wanted them to draft him. <laughs> I watched a lot of Stanford games. Um, a lot. I watched a lot of Davis Mills uh, because there was some talk that as the season was coming down to the end of the season in college football that Washington was starting to kind of uh, hang around Stanford, their scouts and stuff, and they were looking very intently at Davis Mills. Uh, but he got scooped up by the Texans, unfortunately. Uh, so he's going to be getting his first career start uh, this week in place of Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Houston's defense, though, is very good, very surprising, uh, and it's going to keep them in a lot of games, it looks like. Tennessee Titans, we talked about them uh, not looking great in the first matchup, getting blown out of the water at home against the Cardinals, and then coming back with an improbable win on the road in Seattle against the Seahawks. Um, that was like the, only like the second time at home the Seahawks have ever blown like a 14-point lead in the peak first era. Time. That's the first time, okay. They're 52-0. I know when they were fifteen and zero, had a had a fifteen point lead, they were like undefeated. But fifty two and zero. Yeah, so there you go with that. Um, Derrick Henry, uh, you know, carrying the team right now, passing game, still trying to find himself, trying to work in Julio Jones uh, with the other weapons that they have in that passing game. Definitely, um, so far, need to give a big shout out to Arthur Smith. Because uh, it seems like he is the uh, Ryan Tannehill whisperer. Uh, Tannehill has been kind of struggling a little bit so far, uh, early part of the season. Jacksonville, uh, 0-2, just like we, you know, pretty much predicted. Uh, Trevor Lawrence taking his lumps, getting to the NFL. You know, he's gonna have the good with the bad. Uh, Jacksonville, just an overall, you know, rebuilding mode, uh, trying to decipher what type of players that they're gonna have to move forward with uh, in this Urban Meyer regime. If Urban Meyer lasts so long. <laughs> and the Colts, man. Uh, two tough losses here at the gun. Uh, games that they uh, were playing pretty well in against Seattle. They just could not stop the deep ball as uh, Tyler Lockett kept getting behind them. And then here against the Rams, uh, Cooper, uh, Cooper Cup. Uh, had a field day, nine catches over 160 yards, two touchdowns. So uh, their defense against the pass uh, right now is a little shaky, but they still have one of the better units against the run. 
So Carson Wentz injured his ankles, both of them. So he's questionable coming into this next game. But I think the Colts will be okay. I, I just think they just had some bad luck here in the first two weeks. But I see them rebounding and being a major contender uh, in this AFC South. Uh, your thoughts, Dwayne, on the AFC South? Uh, pretty much the Texans being at one and one. I really feel bad that Tyra Taylor just cannot catch a break as soon as he gets a starting job. Something happens to him where he's no longer the starting quarterback. Um, and now, so we'll see what um, Davis Mills has going on. Um, don't know what this team's going to do with uh, Deshaun Watson. Um basically with all the investigations and allegations and his unhappiness with the organization um, you know don't know how long this that's going to last but we'll see what happens there um, uh, yeah they have a pretty good defense that's kept them in games um couldn't hold on to the lead against Cleveland, though. Uh, things kind of went downhill after Tyra went down, but I expect a heavy dose of the running game tomorrow to help Mills out um, because the Panthers' uh, pass rush of Phil Snow can scheme like he has the first two games of the season. Uh, we can see some. And if the Texans are able to counter what uh, Phil Snow has, then they have a good chance to go 2-1. Um, Tennessee, uh, the first um, the first six quarters of their season, they did not look like a team that was on the rise. I really thought this team had... Uh, this team is going to look better than what they have shown, but the last, uh, the I'll say the first seven quarters, because when the the defense started showing up late in the third and then the fourth quarter, uh, they came, they really truly came back. So that fourth quarter in overtime, that was the Titans team that uh, we have started to become accustomed to. Um, Indianapolis. I see it's going to be really tough. They got the talent on the defensive side of the ball that, keeps, that can keep them in the games, but it's going to be very difficult to do uh, when, uh, you know, Carson Wentz isn't at his 100% best. Um, I know both of those ankles are not in the best shape. Um, so, try to see how he performs there. The Titans and the Colts face off um, in, here in Nashville on Sunday. So, uh, it's be a good chance for the Colts to try to get a division win. But, um, depending on who's going to be starting. And then Jacksonville. Like like we did predict, as you said, 
uh, this was going to be another tough season. Uh, Urban Meyer's already up to two games telling fans to be patient when he should be telling himself this. Um, you know, the last time he started to lose a whole lot, he ended up getting sick and went to the broadcast booth. Uh, so, Trevor Lawrence, um, we knew this was going to happen, uh, coming to the pros, coming to uh, the team that had the worst record a year ago. Uh, it was also to start. Uh, the game has sped up. Uh, not, but I think once he gets adjusted to the speed of the game, he'll be back to the dominant player that uh, he was in high school and college. I really want him to succeed. But it is going to take time, and he's going to, like I say, he's going to adjust because the NFL game is way faster than it is in uh, amateur high school and college. Next up, AFC North. Baltimore behind the strength of that win against Kansas City. They're one and one, bouncing off of that uh, loss against the Raiders in the opening night. Pittsburgh uh, found a way with a special teams touchdown to beat Buffalo in the first week and then uh, looked very pedestrian on offense. A lot of people questioning uh, Ben Roethlisberger after his performance against the Raiders there, lost at home. He did get rocked, though, a couple times. Uh, Cleveland uh, had Kansas City dead to rights in the first game, let them come back and win. Then they, with the good fortune of Tyrod Taylor getting hurt, they were able to slip past Jacksonville. And then the Cincinnati – excuse me, the Texans. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, like we said, they uh, won at the buzzer uh, against Minnesota and then uh, got dominated offensively by Chicago's defense uh, this past Sunday, and they're one and one So everybody in this division, the AFC North, identical one and one records. Um, the black and blue division. Yeah. So uh, your, your thoughts, your take on uh, what we got going on, AFC North. Uh, Baltimore, bounce back win, comeback win over the Chiefs. Uh, that was uh, after a tough loss in overtime to the Raiders. They had two throwers in a row uh, coming out on on um, both sides of the spread loss spectrum there. Um, Pittsburgh, kind of like just like I said, uh, Roethlisberger got rocked a couple times in that game. Uh, was kind of contributed to uh, Pittsburgh not playing as well against the Raiders at home, which was kind of surprising in the um, sense where the Steelers are usually uh, better at home than uh, traditionally, anyway. Um, did see a lot of empty seats in in Heinz Field. It's kind of surprising. Um, and then for Cleveland, they in theory should be. At, uh, well, I'll say they're right at where they should be. I mean, they can hang on against Kansas City, and then they they. Uh, come back, they beat Pittsburgh, I mean, not Pittsburgh, they beat Houston, and then, uh, 
And then, last but not least, Cincinnati. Um, definitely, I didn't see much of this game. Didn't hear about much of the game, but uh, looking at the um, looking at the box score, it looks like uh, Joe Burrow didn't have enough time to get uh, much of anything out of the pocket. It's a miracle since he scored 17 in this game, and the score was as close as it was, but. Uh, that's two games where it's a two-point differential, and we'll see how we'll see what kind of Bengals team we get uh, this coming week. All right, and that leaves us into the AFC East, where we got Buffalo one and one. <sighs> Uh, coming off a destruction of Miami, 35 to nothing. Defense uh, definitely lived up to the billing. Uh, McDermott got those boys playing tip-top uh, on the defensive side. Josh Allen wasn't his most uh, efficient game, but they got it done offensively. Miami, 1-1, one one, coming off a win in the first game. Um, but losing Tua uh, here against Buffalo to a cracked rib, so he's going to be out, not start against the Raiders this Sunday. Uh, New England bounced back from the opening day loss uh, to beat the Jets. Mac Jones, his first win in his career. And the New York Jets, 0-2, losing to Carolina and um, the Patriots here. Zach Wilson, you know, I'm going to tell you this. Zach Wilson, if they don't rob him of his confidence or he just doesn't get killed behind that offensive line, he's going to be a very good quarterback because he throws an amazing deep ball and he hangs in the pocket there pretty strong. I was very impressed uh, in the game against Carolina. I saw some things that if you're a Jets fan, you should be uh, delighted to see. He's got a lot of promise. He's just going to have to learn, you know, when to take the risk and when to kind of just, you know, move on to the next play but a division that right now I thought everybody thought that Buffalo was going to just run away with it but with Mac Jones uh, emerging as quarterback in New England's defense getting most of their starters back uh, I think that Buffalo is going to have a hard time shaking these Patriots especially once Mac Jones gets a little bit more comfortable sees a few more coverages and uh, you know understands exactly uh, how to go about attacking these teams I think the Patriots are going to be uh, in the mix once again the Patriots are always going to be in the mix uh, no matter who is leading the team at quarterback um, I'm going to just say 2020 was an aberration of that for everybody but um, yeah there I think as long as the defense is uh, together and healthy, and I just I agree with everything you just said there. Um, definitely can't count New England out. Uh, Buffalo, uh, def- you know how hard it is. It's hard already to hold teams to low scores, uh, but to shut somebody out, that's incredible. And literally took two out the game. Uh, and then on the on the subject of the Jets, uh, Zach Wilson 
all four of those interceptions against the Patriots, he was not under pressure. He was not under duress. So those were just very bad throws. It's one thing to... It's one thing to uh, look to see what's the word I'm looking for. It's one, it's one thing to look and see you know, you're under pressure, you're under duress, it's one thing, but if you're not under pressure, you're still making bad throws, then uh, something has to something definitely has to give here. Uh, looking at um, looking at his numbers right now, and as the Jets go to, he's got five interceptions already in in uh, two games, kind of like <laughs> the reverse Brady method there. Um, but he does throw a nice deep ball. He, the Jets do have weapons on the outside that he does have the option to get it to Corey Davis uh, for one, and then. Yeah, Corey Davis and a few others here. Um, so, Jets fans, you know, it's kind of hard to say um, hang in there, but definitely do that. Try to change the narrative about your team and continue to do that going forward. And at least Zach Wilson won't have to worry about um, Adam Gase anywhere so that was the rundown of what's happened through two weeks of the NFL season division by division Uh, we'll talk about uh, just some of the marquee matchups for week three as uh, we're going to have um, the Chiefs and the Chargers facing off against each other we're going to have the Saints and the Patriots going up against one another Bengals and the Steelers in a divisional game um, the Buccaneers are going to face the Rams both teams 2-0 um, the Vikings and Seahawks and the 49ers and Packers as well and then rounding out the week the Eagles and the Cowboys on Monday Night Football so there's your marquee list of games uh, coming up for week three. Very interested to see uh, Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay how they're to attack at the Buccaneers defense and how Tom Brady and Arians uh, and the boys are going to attack that Rams defense. It's definitely going to be strength on strength. Both yeah. teams have the ball. So um, that game right there could be, you know, a shootout. Nine to three, or it could be 35 to 38. So, uh, right. Definitely looking forward to see how that one plays out. Yeah, the one I'm looking forward to, um, uh, Bucks Rams, um, in that late window. Uh, definitely also looking forward to the Packers 49ers Sunday night game. Uh, historic rivalry. Um, Aaron Rodgers going up against a team that should have drafted them a number one. Uh, but Alex Smith was chosen instead. Uh, kind of feel Rodgers is fire. One of the reasons for Rodgers being 
uh, where he is today. All right, and then um, then for the uh, then I think for the Monday night game, the Eagles Cowboys, that's going to be a good one as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely should be a first division game for the NFC East teams. Um, always a interesting game when the Cowboys and Eagles play, especially on Monday Night Football. Uh, so looking forward to this week's matchups in the NFL. Now we're going to move over to a little baseball because we're here at the home stretch of the regular season for baseball. It's time for these teams to start clinching playoff uh, spots. So Tampa Bay has clinched in the American League East to playoff spot. Um, and right now, the Milwaukee Brewers and the San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers are the only other teams right now to have clinched uh, playoff bursts uh, in Major League Baseball. We're coming down to the wire here in these division races. Uh, the Yankees, Red Sox, and Toronto are separated by a game and a half for the wild card out there in the American League right now. You've got Chicago White Sox any day now. They're going to clinch a, a playoff berth because they're ten and a half games up over Cleveland. You've got Houston in the West, eight games up over Seattle and Oakland. So they're getting close to hitting their magic number. And then in the National League East, the Philadelphia Phillies have been on fire for the past two weeks. The Atlanta Braves are leaking a little bit of oil. So what was about a seven-game lead at the beginning of the month has now turned into a two-and-a-half game lead for Atlanta as we're coming down the stretch here. Like I said, Milwaukee has clinched the division uh, over the Cardinals, but the Cardinals are in a pretty good spot to, for the wild card. And then out west, the Dodgers and the Giants are basically neck and neck. One game separates them uh, for the division, so it looks like they're going to go down all the way down to the last day to figure out who is the division winner and who is the wild card team. Now, over in the wild card standings, Boston uh, is two games up. Uh, over Toronto and the uh, and the Yankees, New York. Uh, the Yankees, Toronto, and Seattle and Oakland are within two and a half games of each other. New York currently owns that second wild card spot. They're half a game better than Toronto, which is the third place team in the wild card standings. <laughs> and then out here in the National League, it's going to be the Dodgers in the top wild card spot. But it looks like St. Louis uh, wrapping up the second spot. Cincinnati Reds, Philadelphia uh, Padres, uh, Philadelphia, excuse me, Phillies are four and a half game back, four and a half games back. The Padres are five and a half games back uh, for that second wild card spot. So, getting close to the end of the regular season for baseball. Shohei Atani in his 45th home run. I think he's either tied for the second. Yeah, I think he's second. Uh, right. He's second behind Salvador and Salvador Perez, who set the record for most homers by a starting catcher and Vlad Guerrero. Yes, Vladdy Jr. 
Uh, looks like Vladdy Jr. may somehow steal this MVP away from Shohei uh, if Toronto can figure out a way to get into this wild card spot. Um, but yes, we are coming down the stretch in Major League Baseball. Playoffs will be starting in about two weeks, and uh, the boys of summer will be turning into the boys of fall. Um, not much really going on in college football right now. Alabama still looks fantastic. They got a little sloppy there in the second half against Florida defensively to make that game a little bit tighter. Uh, I never thought I would be rooting for the Gators as hard as I did that day. And, and to, to make that game a little bit closer in the second half. But Alabama still a juggernaut. Uh, Oklahoma looks good. They got a seven-point win over Nebraska. Um there really weren't too many like top 25 against top 25 teams uh, matchups. Penn State did uh, beat Auburn in the whiteout game 28 uh, 20. Uh, BYU got past Arizona State 27 to 17. And those were all the matchups uh, this past week where ranked teams were playing other ranked teams. Um, Clemson definitely a step back this year. They just don't have the quarterbacking that we're used to. Uh, they struggled uh, against Clemson. Uh, basically, almost got upset, but their defense came up big. Uh, yeah, to help Clemson uh, uh, win that game against Georgia Tech. Uh, Iowa is the fifth ranked team in the country. For those of you who didn't know, because I surely didn't. And uh, yeah, Oregon's fourth. Yeah, I saw Oregon play. Uh, Oregon looked really good. Their defense is really strong. That win against Ohio State. You see, and UCLA lost. That was the upset of the week. Uh, USC, uh, they fired Clay Hilton uh, after they got embarrassed uh, in their opening game. So he is out. Um, they're going, uh, it looks like a. Um, interim coach for this season. A lot of people are speculating that maybe Eric Bieniemy, the offensive coordinator uh, for the Chiefs, may be the guy that they have their eyes on uh, when it comes to replacing uh, Clay Helton's head coach. The, the irony of Eric Bieniemy going to USC is the fact that he got fired by the same AD that when he was at Colorado on that staff. Mm, mm. That would be very interesting and, if he got hired. And just a quick note, NBA-wise, uh, Ben Simmons has told the 76ers that he is not reporting to training camp, so now the ball is in their court to try to get that man uh, to a suitable destination uh, and get back uh, some quality players or draft picks in return. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see who uh, takes a chance on Ben Simmons, if they can kind of, uh, you know, he might need to go to a sports psychologist, man. Um, to kind of. Well, Doc Rivers is going to try to change his mind. Uh, good luck, Doc. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, he may be one of these guys who, you know, could, you know, maybe use some therapy uh, and just kind of new change of scenery, a little bit of uh, therapy, and uh, we may be able to get a, a different player. I've just never seen someone with a skill level such as his who is just refuses to shoot the ball. Like, yeah. you know, uh, it's not like, I mean, he's kind of like a six foot eight Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I, 
um, crazy part. There's a few things about this. Uh, yeah, Doc trying to convince uh, Ben to stay. Um, the possible trade to Brooklyn could have happened, but Kyrie basically said if, if I get traded for the Nets, I would retire. Um, Warriors owner got fined $50,000 for basically tampering. Um, let me take a look here. <laughs> basically, what he said was he cast doubt about the Warriors um, acquiring him because he basically said in some ways it doesn't fit. It doesn't really fit what we're doing. He makes a lot of money. Can he finish games? I don't know. He's very talented. The problem is we have Draymond. Draymond and him are very similar in the sense that neither one really shoots and they do a lot of playmaking. That's one issue. The salary structure is another. Mm, okay. Well, we'll see how that saga plays out as uh, training camp is getting ready to start for the NBA. Like you said, preseason hockey is going to start up next week for NHL. So we are coming into that part of the season where all of your sports are about to just bum rush you at one time. You're not going to have yes. uh, televisions and, and hours in the day to keep up with everything, but that's the beautiful thing about sports in the fall. Yes, and also with the NHL having a new contract with ESPN and TNT, you're also going to see... You're going to see games on, you're going to see the NBA and the NHL on the same networks uh, on different days, of course, but very interesting because um, the NHL and TNT starts on October 13th, uh, Rangers Capitals and Blackhawks and Avalanche. Yep, so uh, ESPN and hockey getting back into bed together, TNT uh, getting the weeknight sports, uh, NBA and and NHL. So, and that's gonna cause prepare the for program to have prepare to shift for inside to, crossover. That's gonna cause their wrestling program to have to shift networks. So, there's a lot of uh, trickle down coming from the NHL coming over to the TNT now. Saturday night dynamite. Yep. So, Dwayne, at this but, time, uh, man, uh, final thoughts and shout-outs? Well, happy birthday, Mama. Uh, as we record this, it was my mother's birthday today. So, I got to definitely say happy birthday to my biggest supporter um, out there. Uh, definitely has had my back in many ways. I can't even, can't even um, say. So, definitely want to wish her happy birthday. Um, thank you, Don, as always. Um, definitely gotta make this a weekly thing with uh, football and everything, but I know life be life, and so things happen. Uh, but thank you, as always. I do appreciate it. Um, shout out to the hockey writers. Uh, definitely give me the opportunity to write. Um, and also... I gotta say, for me, it is my final thought. Uh, I know we're probably gonna do an NHL preview, but um, definitely ready for the hockey preseason. It's uh, time to get back on the ice, and um, 
I'm going to just say two things. I'm excited to see hockey in Seattle, and it's good to have uh, winter sports in Seattle again, even though it's not quite the Supersonics yet, but uh, the Seattle Kraken do start their first season. Uh, they had their expansion draft. They had their uh, free agent signings and everything, and the arena that uh, the Sonics and the Storm played in is going to be uh, renovated. It's basically gutted from the inside, revamped. Uh, Climate Pledge Arena is the new name of it. And not only is it uh, retrofitted for uh, hockey and for the Kraken, but they did make it well known that they intend to make it a home for a future NBA expansion team hint hint NBA um, to get the Seattle Supersonics back so uh, can't wait to see what the Kraken do I'm looking forward to that um, the other thing is kind of more of a serious thing uh, and it's involving my San Jose Sharks um, Evander Kane um, apparently so as soon as he gets the, they close the door on this uh, gambling allegation from his soon-to-be ex-wife, estranged, estranged wife, Anna, uh, who basically blew, tried to blow the whistle on him, basically saying that he bet on NHL games, including his team's games, by, and then, like Pete Rose style, basically, uh, the NHL did an investigation, uh, talked to Kane, talked to um, other sources, looked at betting books and everything. They said that nothing was found. They found no evidence of him betting against the games. And also, um, his ex-wife did not want to participate in the investigation either. So, uh, as soon as that door op- uh, shuts, um, another bed of demons opens up for him. Uh, basically, his wife's now uh, accusing him of sexual assault. Um, yeah, sexual assault um, and battery. Serious allegations. Um, question, you know, uh, the Sharks have basically told him to uh, not participate in the camp until further notice. After these claims basically trying to validate, see if these claims are validated, and uh, this is coming after basically it's to me, you know, and I, I take all the allegations lightly. I mean, I not I take them seriously. I don't take them lightly. That's what I meant to say. Um, but with this situation, Kane put a restraining order on his ex-wife. Then uh, the, the, this comes from a retali- retaliatory um, restraining order. So uh, these two just do not need to be anywhere near each other. Um, uh, they have a daughter together. It's unfortunate that uh, she is caught in the crossfires, and and um, they're gonna have to find some kind of solution for the child, but. Um, 
definitely disaster for Vander Kane, especially when he thought he was out of the woods. And it's going to be a headache for the Sharks, but um, we'll see how the team responds coming up. All right, I'd like to thank Dwayne for joining me once again here on Know the Score. Thank you to all the listeners on the CSPN for uh, tuning in and bearing with us with our crazy schedule uh, for this podcast. Not as consistent as I would like it to be, but we're still here providing you guys our insight when it comes to these sporting events. Uh, My final thought would be that... The NASCAR playoffs got a little bit spicier this past weekend in Bristol. <laughs> Kyle Larson with his sixth victory of the season, uh, moving into the round of 12. Uh, but the story definitely would be the uh, altercation between Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. Uh, Chase Elliott, Kevin Harvick, Larson all racing for the win late in the race. Uh, Kevin Harvick brushes up against to Chase Elliott, causes his tire to go flat. Chase Elliott changes the tires, gets the new tires, goes out back on the track, passes three or four cars, passes Kevin Harvick, and then basically proceeds to get in front of Kevin Harvick and hold him up so Kyle Larson can chase him down and eventually pass him and get the win. So that led to uh, Kevin Harvick uh, basically tailgating um, Chase Elliott during the cool-down laps down pit road. Uh, Both guys get out of the car. They have a heated discussion there at the cars. They kind of separate them. They kind of do some interviews where they talk about each other's side of the story. And then uh, after they cool down a little bit, they both came back together to go talk it out in the hauler. Uh, So it definitely was the talk of uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning for NASCAR. uh, Just rekindling some of that old spirit that people uh, miss about the old NASCAR. Uh, where the guys would get out there racing right against each other. And if somebody took umbrage, they'd get out and sell it uh, amongst themselves on pit road. Uh, just a great weekend of racing at Bristol. Uh, fantastic finish on the uh, Xfinity race on Friday night. Uh, AJ Allmendinger goes through the, uh, comes through the checker, start finish line, the checker flag, sideways crashes, Cameron Austin Cedric uh, for a spectacular finish. So this was a great weekend of racing in Bristol, and uh, hopefully they can keep up this momentum throughout the rest of the playoffs as we head to the next round. Uh, and we're down to 12 drivers with a chance to win the championship, and um, we'll see. Shenanigans and what type of uh, confrontations uh, we get here uh, in the next round for the playoffs. But yes, this was a very successful weekend for NASCAR, and I know that the suits and the people at uh, NBC definitely had a big smile on their face uh, Saturday night when that shit went off the air. So, for my co host, Dwayne, I'm your host, Don DeLorente, and now you know the score.